You're listening to Calvary La Habra's podcast. For more information, visit us at calvarylh.com. Thanks for listening. Well, good morning, Calvary La Habra. It is such a great, great blessing to be here through the years. We've uh, been able to be here many times to share the word of God uh, with you, and it's a great honor. So many great teachers have stood at this pulpit, and uh, one of the greatest, I believe, is your own pastor, Lance Cook. How many love Lance and Lori so much? We just love them. And since we were here last, uh, it's amazing to see what's happened with the building and just all that the Lord is doing uh, during these uh, incredible kind of crazy days that we're a part of. Well, this uh, Thursday is the National Day of Prayer, and in thinking about that, I was praying uh, about what to share with you today, and I felt the Lord put it on my heart to have us look at Psalm 107. So if you have a Bible, please open to Psalm 107, and the title of the message is The Power of Prayer. The Power of Prayer. As we come to study the Word of God this morning, um, if you will just hold your open Bible in front of you as we pray, that would be so great. Lord, we thank you so much for the Bible, the very breath of God, the very Word of God, and we thank you for each chapter and each verse. And we pray, Lord, as we study this chapter together that faith would rise in our hearts to seek your face, to look to you, to be people of prayer. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Alfred Lord Tennyson once said, more things are wrought by prayer than this world has ever dreamed of. And how true that is. From the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, the Bible talks about the importance of prayer and the power of prayer. And one of the greatest psalms in talking about the power of prayer is Psalm 107. In this psalm, you find a repeated phrase that lets you know what the psalm is all about, and it's the phrase, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them, he delivered them. Notice, if you will, in verse 6, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. In verse 13, then they cried out to the Lord, and he saved in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. Verse 19, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. Verse 28, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brings them out of their distresses. Crying out to the Lord when you're in trouble and God hearing and answering prayer, that's what this psalm is all about. And that phrase, that repeated phrase, is connected to four pictures that we see in this psalm about how God hears and answers prayer. As the psalm begins, as it were, all of a sudden you're transported out into the middle of the wilderness and there you find people that are hungry and thirsty and they need food and they need water and they cry out to the Lord and he hears and answers the prayer for provision. And then all of a sudden you're transported as it were 
into a dungeon and you find a person there that's, that's bound in darkness and they need to be set free. They need those chains broken in their life and they cry out to the Lord and the Lord hears their cry and delivers them from their bondage that they're in. No sooner are you, is that person set free than you're transported, as it were, into a hospital or a room where there's a person that's sick and they're so sick that they're about ready to die. And then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble and the Lord brings healing in their life. And then no sooner does that happen and you're transported as it were out into the middle of the ocean. And there you find some sailors in the worst storm of their life. And when they cry out to the Lord in their trouble, he delivers them from the, the storm that they're in and says, peace be still. And the, the psalm, these four pictures, they work together to let us know about how God hears and answers prayer, how there's power in prayer. And we as God's people, that's the most important thing that we can do. Often we try to do so many other things when the very first thing that we should do and the most important thing we should do is to pray. But the psalm begins with an introduction in verse 1 to 3, and it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. How many know that God is good and all the time God is good? Can we put our hands together and say, Thank you, Lord, that you are such a good God. These days that we find ourselves in are unlike any other days that we've ever been through. But one of the things we find in and through it all is that God is a good God and he's working all things together for your good and for my good. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. That word mercy in some of your translations says his steadfast love, his loving kindness or something like that. It has to do with the, the unbreakable love of God, the, the, the love that we can never ever be separated from. How many so glad this morning that, that our God loves us with an everlasting love and that nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. So give thanks to the Lord because he's good and his love, his unbreakable love endures forever in your life and my life. Then verse 2 and 3, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. It's interesting, you see how he's gathered. This psalm, they believe, was written after God's people who were brought back from their captivity and they were rebuilding the temple in the land to worship the Lord. And someone wrote this psalm to remind them that through the whole of their history, from the very beginning up until that time, that whenever they would cry out to the Lord, he would hear and answer their prayer. And they sang this song, they recited this song together to remember that fact. But verse 2, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I like that. Not let the redeemed of the Lord feel so, not let the redeemed of the Lord think so, but let the redeemed of the Lord say so. This word redeemed doesn't just mean to be saved from sin. It means 
to be rescued or delivered from whatever circumstance or situation that you might find yourself in. And you and I are challenged and exhorted by the psalm here to tell forth the goodness of God, to say what the Lord has done in your life, in my life. When God has heard and answered your prayer, you need to tell someone about that because there's a power in that that increases their faith. I remember uh, the church that I grew up in, every once in a while they would have what they called testimony time. And I always enjoyed that, that time of testimony where people, sometimes they would raise their hand and they would say, you know, uh, I've been out of work and you all have been praying the Lord would provide a job. Just want you to know that God has provided a job and everybody would put their hands together and thank the Lord that they said so. Somebody would say, you know, you've been praying for my sick husband or my sick child, and I just want you to know that the Lord has touched them this week, and God has heard and answered prayer, and everybody would put their hands together and say, thank you, Lord. You're a God who hears and answers prayer. Someone would say, you know, we've been praying for a prodigal son or a daughter who's wandered away from you, and I just want you to know this week they've come back and rededicated their life to the Lord and everybody would put their hands together and, and thank the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. What has God done in your life? What is God doing in your life? It's not something you just feel but, or think about. It's something you should tell other people. You should declare the good works of the Lord. How many here today has God set you free, has redeemed you, has delivered you, and it's a testimony that you can give to other people of the goodness of God in your life? Well, then, lest you and I forget the goodness of God and how God hears and answers prayer, how God is good all the time, and his love is an unbreakable love, Lest we forget that, all of a sudden, as it were, we're transported out into the middle of the wilderness in verse 4 and verse 9. And there we, we find some desperate travelers, and they're, they're needing provision from God. They need food, and they need water. And they cry out to God, and he hears and answers their prayer. Notice in verse 4, they wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way, that they may go to a city for a dwelling place. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. Here you see someone, a group of people, they're out in the wilderness and they, they are in desperate need of the provision of God. And God answers their prayers, they cry out to him. The Old Testament people of God, as they were reading this portion of scripture, they, they couldn't help but think of their own history of what had happened to them when they were out in the desert having left Egypt and they're wandering in the desert and they needed food and they needed water. And so they would cry out to the Lord and the Lord brought bread down from heaven and God brought water out of the rock for them. 
You don't think that's an amazing thing? Just take a stick today, find a rock and hit it and see what happens. He brought water from the rocks so that they would be nourished by it. And they, they would call to their mind the provision of God. Uh, the, the New Testament people of God, as they read this portion of the psalm, they, they, they couldn't help but thinking of Jesus feeding the 5,000. You remember, the Bible says there were 5,000 men, but with women and children, probably some 20,000 people. And with a few uh, loaves and fish, Jesus was able to multiply it and feed all of them. Well, listen, if God could provide for the millions of his people in the Old Testament, if Jesus could multiply the loaves and the fish, then he can provide for your need, and he can provide for my need. The Bible says in Philippians 4 and verse 19, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. David said in Psalm 37 verse 25, Never have I seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging bread. Again and again and again, God has provided for his people, and there are so many wonderful testimonies of it. I think, for example, of a great man of God, his name was George Mueller, and George Mueller founded, uh, in the 1800s, he founded these, all these orphanages in London and the surrounding areas, and he was responsible to provide uh, for all of these children. Well, he would never ask for money. He would never ask for provision. He would always just pray, and the Lord would provide what they needed. Many stories are told of how that happened in a great book called A Million and a Half Answers to Prayer. And I like the, the one story that's told about what happened one morning when they got up and uh, they were getting ready to have breakfast uh, and there was uh, nothing in the cupboards at all. The children didn't know, but Mr. Mueller knew. And one of the little girls said to him, Mr. Mueller, what's for breakfast? And he said, come sit at the table and see what the Lord is going to provide. And so they began to pray that the Lord would uh, bless the meal that they were about to eat and make the provision that they needed. And right in the middle of his prayer, he, he hears this knock on the door and he goes to the door and he opens it and it's the town baker. And the town baker said, you know, Mr. Mueller, the Lord woke me up very early this morning and he said to me, the, the orphans are gonna need bread. So you need to break, bake some extra bread and take it over to the orphans. Can, Mr. Mueller, can you use this bread? Oh, thank you, he said. He began to put the bread on the plates of the children and he, no sooner had he done that and there was another knock on the door and when he went to the door, it was the milkman and he said, you know, Mr. Mueller, my milk cart just happened to break down right in front of the orphanage here and all of the milk's gonna spoil because I have no way to deliver it. Could you and the orphans use all this milk that I have? And he said, of course we could and so the Lord provided for their need. And again and again, there are stories in your life, in my life, and in history about how God is a God who responds to the prayer when people need provision. How many want to put your hands together this morning and thank the God that he's a God who provides for all of our needs, whatever those needs might be. And here this morning, whatever situation you're facing, maybe there's bills that you have, maybe 
there's financial problems that you're in. If you cry out to God, he hears and he answers that prayer. Well, no sooner has the Lord answered prayer in a wilderness situation than all of a sudden you're transported in the psalm in verse 10 through 16 into a dungeon. And there you find a person that is bound in chains and they need those chains broken. They need to be set free from the darkness that they're in. And when they cry out to God, God hears and answers that prayer too. Notice in verse 10 through verse 16, those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, bound in afflictions and irons because they rebelled against the word of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought their heart down with labor. They fell down and there was none to help them. But then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men, for he has broken the gates of bronze and he has cut the bars of iron in two. You see in this section how the, there's a person that's bound, they're in darkness, they're in chains and they need to be set free from those chains. And there are many people that are like that, they're bound, they're in darkness the darkness of sin, the darkness of addiction and all kinds of things, and they need to be set free. Now, the Old Testament people of God, as they were reading this portion of Scripture, they couldn't help but think in their own mind of how they had been delivered from their captivity. You remember at the end of the Old Testament, God's people were taken captive to the Babylonians. Uh, many of them were led away in chains, and they were put in dungeons, and they were kept in bondage. And they began to cry out to the Lord. And after 70 years in that captivity, God heard and answered their prayer. And he delivered his people. And they went back to the land and they rebuilt the temple. And they would call this to mind as they're reading, as they're singing this part of the psalm. Uh, the New Testament people of God, as they were reading about how Jesus, about how God can set a bound person free, no doubt, they were thinking in their mind of that man of Gadara, the demon-possessed man who was set free by Jesus. It's one of the most dramatic stories in the Bible. In Mark chapter 5, you can read the story of how Jesus and the disciples crossed the Sea of Galilee. They came to this area called Gadara, and running out of the tombs was this man, and he was possessed by demons, and Jesus uh, asked him, he said, what is your name? And the man said, Legion, for we are many. A legion was a battalion of around 6,000 Roman soldiers. Uh, I take the Bible literally, and I see no good reason not to think that this man was possessed not by one demon, but by thousands of demons. And you can imagine the bondage that person was in. But Jesus set that person free, because whom the Son sets free is free Indeed, and Jesus can set any person free from whatever bondage they're in. If there's a person that you know who's in the bondage of sin or in the bondage of alcohol or drugs or pornography, pray for that person. Keep praying for that person. Don't stop praying for that person because God can set them free. I think of uh, Ryan Reese, 
And many of you listen to his radio show and know he's the son of Pastor Raul Reese over at Calvary Chapel Golden Springs. And for 19 years, he was out in the world in drugs, in alcohol, and pornography. But we kept praying and praying and praying. And God heard and answered that prayer. And in a moment, he totally set him free from all of that. And God can do that for anyone who needs his delivering touch. It reminds me of a wonderful hymn uh, by Charles Wesley called Amazing Love. Uh, I especially like the verse that says, Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. The dungeon flame with light. My heart was set free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Anyone who's in that dungeon experience, anyone who's bound, God can break those bondages. God can set that person free. No matter how dark, no matter how difficult the situation, God can set that person free. I think of the dramatic story of a woman named Corey Ten Boom. Perhaps you've heard of her name before. She wrote a book called The Hiding Place. And when Billy Graham read that book, uh, he said, we need to make a movie out of this. And so they made a movie called The Hiding Place. And it's called The Hiding Place because in World War II, the Ten Boone family, they were smuggling the Jews out of uh, the Holland uh, so they wouldn't be exterminated by the Nazis captured and exterminated, and they created this hiding place in their house where they would keep the Jews and, and smuggle them away. Well, the Gestapo found out about it. Someone told on them, and they came, and they were, all the Ten Poom family were arrested, and Corey and her sister Betsy were put in the notorious prison camp called Ravensbrook. And it's so uh, dark and difficult and terrible was that time. But the, 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 the high point, the, the amazing point of the book and of the movie is what happens when Betsy says to her sister, Corey, there is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. No matter how dark and difficult the situation, God is greater and more powerful than that. How many would put your hands together today and say, thank you, Lord, that you are a God who can set people free from whatever bondage or circumstance they find themselves in. Well, God has answered prayer out in the wilderness for provision, and God has answered prayer in a dungeon for people who need to be set free. Now all of a sudden you're transported into a room where there's a sick person. It's like a hospital and this person is about to die, and they cry out to the Lord, and the Lord hears and answers that prayer for healing. Notice in verse 17 to 22, Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. 
Here you see this person is sick and they, they're so sick, they, it says here, they, they drew near to the gates of death. This person was deadly, uh, deathly ill. And in this circumstance and situation, they cried out to the Lord. And the Lord answered that prayer for healing. And the Old Testament people of God, as, as they were reading this part of the psalm, they, they couldn't help but think in their mind of a king, and his name was Hezekiah. You can read a dramatic story of what happened, his healing in 2 Kings chapter 20. Uh, Hezekiah fell sick, and uh, the Lord sent the prophet Isaiah to give him a message. And Isaiah went to the palace, he went across the courtyard, he went into the room of the king, and he said, the, the, the message from the Lord is that you're, you're, you're not going to recover from this, this illness. And Isaiah left the room and began to head across the palace. And the Bible says that um, King Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall. And he began to cry out to God in prayer. Lord, please hear my prayer. Lord, please answer my prayer. God, please bring healing. And the Lord brought healing and answered his prayer because our God is a God who heals. As Exodus 15 in verse 26 says, his very name is Jehovah Rapha. The, the people of God in the New Testament, as they are reading this psalm, they couldn't help but think of Jesus when he healed that centurion's servant. Uh, you can read that story in Luke chapter 7. And, and what happened is the centurion sends messengers to Jesus, and, and th th they say, my, uh, the, the centurion's uh, servant is ill, he's sick, he's almost ready to die. And Jesus said, go back because he's been healed. And the centurion, he went back and when he asked at what point he was healed, he was healed at the very moment, at the very hour that Jesus uh, said that he was healed. He, he sent forth his word as it were. As the psalm says here, he sent forth his word, verse 20, and he healed them. And God often can do that in your life and my life. We know that sometimes God doesn't heal. We don't always understand why that, that, that doesn't happen, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't heal because he does heal. Many of us who are here today have seen that healing touch and power of God. I remember uh, uh, years ago, my uh, wife's uh, grandmother, we called her Granny, uh, she was sick and ill with uh, cancer and uh, we began to really pray for her and one day she, she was reading, her eyes came across uh, Psalm 118 verse 17, which says, you will live and not die and declare the wonderful works of God. And we really begin to claim that promise. And the Lord touched Granny and healed Granny because God is a God who, who does heal his people today, no matter what circumstance or situation. How many here today have experienced that healing touch of Jesus in your life or someone else's life? Sometimes he uses medicine, sometimes he uses, does it miraculously, but God is a God who heals. And maybe you're here today and you're sick, or maybe you're here today and you know someone who's ill and they need the touch of God. Well, listen, God's help is only a prayer away if you call out to him 
How many want to put your hands together today and thank the Lord that he is a healing God, that his very name is Jehovah Rapha? Well, God has not only answered prayer out in the wilderness, and God has not only answered prayer in the dungeon, and God has not only answered prayer in the sick room, but then all of a sudden you're transported, as it were, out into the middle of the ocean, and there you find some sailors in verse 23 to 32 who are in the most terrible storm of their life, and they cry out to God, and God hears and answers that prayer in the storm of life. Then verse 23, those who go down to the sea in ships who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises the stormy wind which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens. They go down again to the depths. You can almost see the ship going up and coming down. Their soul melts because of trouble. They reel to and fro. They're staggering back and forth on the deck, as it were, as a drunken man. They find, them at, find themselves in this storm. And it says in verse 27, and they are at their wit's end. What do you do when you're at your wit's end? Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble. And he brings them out of their distresses. He calms the storm so that the waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet. So he guides them to their desired haven. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the assembly of the people and praise him in the company of the elders. Here you find these sailors, they're in the middle of this storm and uh, it's the worst storm they've ever been in, the worst storm they could ever imagine. They're going up and they're going down and they don't know what to do. And it says here, they're at their wit's end, verse 27. And many times we find ourselves in storms of life and we find ourselves at our wit's end. What do you do when you're at your wit's end? You call out to the Lord in trouble. Now, the Old Testament people of God is they were reading this portion of scripture. Perhaps they were thinking about Job. You remember reading the story of Job, how he went through the worst storm of his life. Uh, he lost in one day, he lost all of his possessions and he lost all of his children. One can only imagine the grief that he would have experienced. To lose one child is one thing, but to lose all of your children in one day. And then he lost his health and even his uh, wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? But as you read through the book of Job, you find out that God hears and answers prayer. And at the end of the book of Job, God has turned it completely around and has restored to him all of those things that, that had been lost. And this was an encouragement to the people of God in the storms they were facing. The New Testament people of God, as they were reading this part of the psalm, they, they couldn't help but think, of Jesus and the disciples on the Sea of Galilee. You remember that famous story in Mark chapter four where they're crossing the Sea of Galilee and all of a sudden they're overtaken by this terrible storm and they wake Jesus up, help us, help us, help us. And Jesus rebukes the wind and the waves and says to them, peace be still. And he can do the same for you and he can do the same for me. 
no matter what stormy situation you find yourself in, uh, maybe everything in your life has been so good and all of a sudden a financial storm has hit you or maybe uh, it's a relational storm or a family storm or some sort of storm has hit your life. Well, this part of the psalm reminds us, what do you do when you're at your wit's end? What do you do when you're in the, these storms of life? You cry out to God in your trouble. And not only that, you give thanks to the Lord, verse 31, because he's good. And you, you exalt him in the assembly of the people. And you praise him in the company of the elders. You let the people know, though I, would, I went through this experience, I went through this storm, and yet the Lord has miraculously set me free. The Lord has miraculously delivered me from this storm. How many thankful that God is a God who hears and answers prayer in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the circumstances you face? How many want to put your hands together and say, thank you, Lord, that you're a God? who answers prayer in the middle of a storm. Well, God has answered prayer in the wilderness for provision, and, and God has answered prayer in the dungeon for freedom, and God has answered prayer in the sick room for healing, and God has answered prayer out in the sea for the storms of life. And in verse 33 through verse 43, it's, it's almost as if the psalmist is saying, that means God can turn any situation around, no matter what that situation might be. The, he, he says in verse 33, he turns rivers into a wilderness and water springs into dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of those who dwell in it. The, the people of God, because of the, the sins they had committed against the Lord, the land became unfruitful. They were in a difficult situation. But any situation, no matter how difficult it is, God can turn it around in just a moment's time. So in verse 35, he turns the wilderness into pools of water and dry ground into water springs. There he makes the hungry souls to dwell that they may establish a city for a dwelling place and sow fields and plant vineyards that they may yield a fruitful harvest. He also blesses them and they multiply greatly and he does not let their cattle decrease. He's, he's turned the whole situation around completely. When they were diminished and brought low through oppression and affliction and sorrow, when enemies came against them, then God would deal with their enemies. Uh, yet he sets the poor on high, verse 41, far from affliction, and he makes their families like a flock. The righteous see it and rejoice and all iniquity stops its mouth. Now notice how the psalm ends in such a beautiful way. Whoever is wise, whoever is wise will observe these things and they will understand the loving kindness of the Lord. In other words, whoever finds themselves in a situation where they need the provision of God it's like a wilderness, it's so dry and barren. And they cry out to God in prayer, that's a wise person. They understand the power of prayer. Who, who, who is wise, it, it's the person that knows when there's someone that's bound and they need deliverance, they need to be set free. When they cry out to God, he'll set that person free. That, that's a wise person. Who, who is a wise person? Who understands the goodness of God? 
the, the one who knows that when sickness hits you or hits someone that you love, that if you call out to God in prayer, he's a God that can heal and answer that prayer for healing. Who is a wise person? It's a person who knows that when you're in the worst storm of your life, no matter what difficulty it might be that's coming against you, no matter what the storm might be, no matter what you're facing, if you just call out to the Lord in prayer, he will hear and answer that prayer because this psalm is all about the power of prayer. How many thankful that God is a God who hears and answers prayer, that he hears every cry that you cry in the middle of the night and all throughout the day, that God's help is only a prayer away. I like what J.C. Ryle once said. I finish with his words. He said, I have read the lives of many well-known Christians who have been on earth since Bible days. Some of them were rich, some of them were poor, some of them were learned, some of them were unlearned, some of them were of one denomination, some of them of another. Some chose to use liturgy, some chose to use none. But one thing I see that they all had in common is they were all people of prayer. Prayer has obtained things that seemed impossible and out of reach. Prayer opened the Red Sea. Prayer brought water from the rock. Prayer brought bread from heaven. Prayer made the sun stand still. Prayer brought fire down on Elijah's sacrifice. Prayer overthrew the enemies of God's people. Prayer healed the sick. Prayer opened blind eyes. Prayer unstopped deaf ears. Prayer raised the dead. And prayer has brought the conversion of countless souls. Therefore, above all else, pray, 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 for God answers prayer. I'm here to tell you today, dear ones, that God answers prayer. Whatever circumstance or situation that you are in, God's help is only a prayer away if you will call out to him. Let's bow in prayer right now as we draw this message to a close. I felt we just should take some time to pray for those who might be in need today, those who are in circumstances or situations like this psalm has described and need the power of God in their life. Maybe you're here today and it seems like you're in a wilderness sort of experience and you're lacking provision in your life. You, the bills are mounting up and you don't know where the resource is going to come from. Um, and you want, you want God to, to answer your prayer. If that's you, just raise your hand right where you are because we want to pray for anyone who's in that kind of a situation. So many hands going up all over. Maybe you're here today and you find yourself in a situation where there's a, some sort of thing that you need to be set free from, some sort of bondage in your life. Might be drugs, might be alcohol, maybe it's someone that you know who needs to be set free. Maybe it's a wayward son or a wayward daughter. They're a prodigal and they've wandered from the Lord and they, God wants to bring them back. If, if that's you today, would, would you just raise your hand right where you are? Because we want to pray for you. Yes, so many people raising their hands. Uh, maybe you're in that kind of a situation where uh, you need the healing touch of God in your life. Uh, maybe you're experience some sort of illness or maybe it's someone you know who's 
in a desperate situation and they need the healing touch of God on their life. Well, God is Jehovah Rapha, and he does answer the prayer for healing. If that's you here today, just raise your hand right where you are that we could pray for you or that person you're raising your hand for. And finally, maybe uh, you are here today and you feel like you, you're in the worst storm of your life. It just came out of nowhere and you need God's help to, to deal with the storm in your life and speak peace be still, give you that peace that passes understanding. If that's you here today, just raise your hand right where you are because we want to pray for those of you who feel like you're in that, that stormy situation of life. Well, let's pray together, can we? Father, we thank you so much for this psalm. We thank you, Lord, how it exhorts us, inspires us, encourages us to remember that you are a God who hears and answers the prayers of your people. And Lord, as we gather together today, there are uh, so many needs present in this room. Uh, there are people who are here and they need your provision in their life. And we pray, Lord, that somehow you would open the windows of heaven and you would pour out a blessing that they could not contain, that you would uh, not only provide enough, but more than enough that they could give away to help others who might be in need. And Lord, we do pray for those who are experiencing uh, areas of bondage in their life, those who need to be set free, uh, whether it's uh, drugs or alcohol or pornography or whatever that might be, whether it's someone who's here who's dealing with that or whether it's someone they know, we pray, Lord, that you would break those bonds. As you set that demon-possessed man free, we pray you would set people free. In the name of Jesus, we pray that. And Lord, we, we pray for those who uh, are here today and they're sick or, or they might know someone who's sick. And we, we pray your healing touch upon them. We thank you that again and again, Jesus healed people. And we know that sometimes it doesn't happen, but we know it does happen. And you do bring about healing. We've seen it happen in our lives and in the lives of your people so many times. And then, Lord, we do pray for those who are here today who they might feel like they're in the worst storm of their life. Lord, they, they did, it just came out of nowhere. And here they are, Lord, at their wit's end, not knowing what to do. And we pray, Lord, that you would answer that prayer to bring that peace that they need in their life, that touch of God upon their life. Lord, we thank you, you hear and answer prayer. And we take a moment, Lord, to, to pray for our country. We thank you, Lord, that your word tells us that if your people who are called by your name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways that you'll hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. And we pray for our country, Lord. We have never been in a time like this. We never see things happen as they're happening right now. And we're in desperate need of prayer. And so we pray you would raise up many prayer warriors uh, that are here today that will pray for our country. And on Thursday, that national day of prayer, Lord, we pray that you would hear the cries of your people calling out to you and you would do a mighty work, that you would bring a revival to our land again. How much we need that great revival, Lord. And Lord, we do pray for Calvary Chapel, La Habra. We thank you for all that you've done here through the years. We thank you, Lord, that even greater things are yet to come. And we pray, Lord, your richest blessing 
upon every person that's here. We pray especially for Lance and Lori as they're away, that you would just refresh them and renew them and bring them back, Lord, just eager to share your word, eager to give a testimony to your goodness and your faithfulness in their life. For these things, Lord, we bless you, we praise you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Everyone said amen. How many glad you came to church today, huh? A reminder to all of us about the power of prayer, how God hears and answers prayer. Well, let's stand together. We're going to be singing one final song, and uh, you'll be dismissed. Uh, once you're dismissed, there'll be people along the front here who would love to talk with you and pray with you. Uh, the Bible tells us to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And so if there's something that you just want somebody else to agree with you in prayer about, don't leave with that heavy burden. Come and let that person pray for you that God might do that work in your life that he so wants to do. Well, thank you so much for being such a great group. God bless you. Have a wonderful day today. Let's sing one final song and you'll be dismissed.
if you need prayer for anything, some of our leaders will be up front here. We'd love to pray with you. God bless you guys.